The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., you Break Wheel Fix is a wheel repair and refinishing company located in North Miami with 15 years experience. Fix bent or cracked wheels damaged on the streets of South Florida. Fast turnaround times on most repairs and we even offer loaner wheels while we fix or refinish your wheels so you can keep your car on the road without interruption. Are your wheels faded or peeling? You Break Wheel Fix offers complete refinishing back to factory standards. Bored with the look of your wheels? You Break Wheel Fix offers 5,000 different finishes to customize the look of your wheels. Don't spend money on new wheels when you can renew them at You Break Wheel Fix. You Break Wheel Fix offers a full line of custom wheels and tires for every vehicle application. We offer in-house repair and complete vehicle customizations. Call You Break Wheel Fix today at 305-748-0112 or online at YouBreakWheelFix.com. That's the letter U breakwheelfix.com we're on social media can be found at you break wheel fix on google instagram facebook linkedin or yelp mention five reasons sports when you call and receive 15 percent off your repair let me introduce you to another sponsor bestever.com that is b-s-t-e-v-r.com bestever.com is a fantasy sports simulator that uses real life data to simulate hypothetical situations for example Ever wondered if Dan Marino could win a Super Bowl with a top 10 running game? We all have. You can do that with bestever.com. Let's say the Dolphins are in the running for a big free agent. Just add them to the current team and simulate games to see how it can turn out. Just open a free account and start building your own story and have bestever.com spit out game stories just for you. Bestever is not only fun to use, but has many uses beyond just curiosity. Go to bestever.com. That's B-S-T-E-V-R.com. Com. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league, or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code FIVE, that's F I V E, FIVE, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy. 
a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of 3 Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And this, I guess, will be an Aaron Jones edition of 3 Yards Per Carry. A lot of interest in Aaron Jones of almost 200 questions that I got asked, that we got asked on our 3 Yards Per Carry account. Many were on Aaron Jones, so I guess we'll get to it. But before that, of course, the show is brought to you by Biscayne Bay Brewing. You can check them out at BiscayneBayBrewing.com. Of course, their lager, their Miami <laughs> Pale Ale. <laughs> the Tropical Bay. I don't know how many times you try. It just doesn't get better. <laughs> I just I, I just try to put some emphasis into it so you guys comment on it. Tropical Bay IPA, their Saison. Is that right? Did, did, what did you just say? Saison. Yeah. Who? Who? Saison? No. Who's that? Or, or Saison. Is he a pitcher? It's a it's Saison. Yes, the say, it's a Saison. Saison. <laughs> what is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> well, get it at Publix. Get it at Total Wine. Get it at ABC Liquors. Put it on your Instacart. Have it delivered to you. Yeah. Well, yeah, what is happening here? What is happening here is that when I do an Emanscape, uh commercial we're just going to tell everybody five rsn 20 percent off you know it by now we talk about it on the three hours per carry account i tweet it out all the time no accidents right boys on with, with manscape as of late no accidents, no accidents. Oh, yes. accidents. i should no <laughs> i should hope not so everything's accidents. been smooth. accidents on manscape uh, boy well, on our, last show, on our last show, you said the Dolphins had a hard-on for Jadavion Clowney. They were on top of it, and they've been jabbing at him for two years. No, I said, I said, I said they've been getting jabbed because. Well, okay. well this show is well, about. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the other way around now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I think it's more the other way around. I think Jadavion Clowney has been putting the on Do you think the Dolphins years. would be a top or a bottom in this situation? With Brian Flores, they're a top. Yeah, generally they're a bottom, though, aren't they? They're the receivers, yes. not the givers. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Although, if they if they were the receivers, they'd probably be fucking injured. They don't have any receivers. That was the problem. Or they'd be uh, dropping it. All right. Aaron Jones, a lot of interest. We've been tied to the great Aaron Jones. He is a spectacular player. Nobody better to talk about him, at least in this market. Although, I understand he's in London, but he's on a, he's on a, on a podcast in this market. Nobody better to talk about him than somebody who's very well versed in Aaron Jones. Simon, take it away. How good is the player? I I think he's a terrific player. I, I've seen a lot of him because my missus supports Green Bay and I've watched most Packers games over the last couple of seasons. I, you know, he is the sort of matchup player that you're looking for in modern football. You know, we, we talk about factor backs. You know, you hear that you, you hear that on things like NFL matchup. Uh, when Merrill Hogue is talking about a factor back. And, and 10, 15 years ago, a factor back was somebody who would carry the ball 25, 28 yards. You know, Derek Henry is a kind of an old school factor back. You know, Emmett Smith, they were the kind of guys that carried the ball 25 times a game. Aaron Jones is now the modern factor back because he can block in pass protection. He is a really good instinctive runner. Um, between the tackles, but he can also break long runs. You know, he's a long run 
running back. Um, and he's also an outstanding receiver, you know, and he's not just a flares. He's not just a short, um, you know, swing passes receiver. He's a guy that can line up outside and go down and make catches, run routes, make catches outside the framework of his <clears throat> framework of his body. Excuse me. He will go up and get it. He will out muscle safeties. He's a matchup nightmare for linebackers. He's fifth in the NFL in yards from scrimmage. Uh, and tied for second in total touchdowns over the last two seasons. Only Derek Henry and Dalvin Cook have at least 3,000 scrimmage yards and 30 touchdowns um, since 2019. So he's in pretty high company. Uh, I think he's also, um, I think he's the third best. I think he's got the highest, no, here you go. Just look at the stat. Uh, the three backs have the highest breakaway run percentage in 2020 on a mi- minimum of 150 carries. Uh, Nick Chubb at 42%, J.K. Dobbins at 39%, Aaron Jones at 35%. He is a really, really good player. The one downside, well, actually, there's three downsides, really, is that he gets banged up a little bit and he shares carries with Jamal Williams and a little bit with A.J. Dillon. Um, so, you know, there is a, a, an injury issue potentially around him. He's missed time. He, he gets dinged up a little bit, you know, not taking any away from him. He also plays with an MVP quarterback that helps. And he also plays with the best run blocking offensive line in the NFL. You know, David Bakhtiari is the best left tackle. Corey Lindsay's the best center. Elton Jenkins, if you've not seen him at left guard is a, you know, one of the most underrated players in the league and a future multiple all pro, um, you know, and they're, they're pretty tidy on the left side. There's other right side, but Lucas Patrick and, and our old friend, Billy Turner, um, you know, Mercedes Lewis is a great blocking tight end. So, and the receivers can block. So, there are factors that go into it, but clearly Barry Jackson was reporting the other day, a kind of mutual interest between the dolphins and Jones. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if that's where he ends up. You know, you kind of feel like the dolphins have got a bit of a hard on for, for Najee Harris. Um, You know, you watch, you know, been watching more of Javonta Williams over the last few days and, you know, he's a special, special, special player as well, you know, but I, I think, I think, you know, if you take an Aaron Jones and you spend, I mean, PFF reporting that four years, what do they say, 45 million, 23 million, 26 million guaranteed, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, feels on the light side to me, frankly. Um, I f- it kind of feels like you're taking, you know, you're, you're taking running back off the market if you're looking at those three top backs, Harris, um, mm-hmm. ETN, and Javon Twitter. I don't think you're going to pay Aaron Jones that kind of money and not make him your your every down starter. I don't think they're going to waste, in inverted commas, a... A, a day one or a day two draft pick on, on a running back when you're spending that kind of free agent money on Aaron Jones. So we shall, we shall see. I, I, for me, if I was taking a Packers uh, free agent, it would be Corey Lindsley, the center, all pro center. And I'd be drafting one of those three backs. You know, I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. Um, you know, and, and really what you're doing then is you're looking at, you know, you're looking at scheme um, with ETN. Obviously he was kind of absolutely born uh, to play in an outside zone scheme. He is an electric kind of Alvin Kamara type with that ridiculous. Well, he looks like step. Aaron Jones, doesn't he? Yeah, he does a little bit. He does. You know, the contact balance, the big play waiting to happen whenever he gets the ball dynamic in the pass game. You know, he's a guy who's really um, developed as a, a, as a receiver and as a route runner. Um, you know, with Javonta, you're looking at, uh, you know, just a big back. He's 5'10", he's 220, but he hurts people. You know, that's an outstanding combination of kind of vision, um, power, quickness. He led the nation in 10 plus yard runs and broken tackles. You know, was one of the more enjoyable players to watch in college football. And then we all know about Najee, big, physical, deceptively elusive. You know, he's Matt Forte, he's Stephen Jackson. 
you know, highly effective in the past game and in pass protection. You know, four drop catches in, in what, four years at Alabama and two came in the penultimate game. I think he's had one fumble, one career fumble. Um, and I suppose the knock on Najee is the same a little bit as the knock on Aaron Jones, the offense that he plays in. You know, there's an awful lot of talented players there that are helping him run to daylight, as it were. But it's a fascinating discussion. Um, but I don't think you take an Aaron Jones and then you come back and take one of those three guys. I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't I don't see that at all. Chris? I have several several things coming up. First off, Aaron Jones, very good player. I mean, Simon described him the best, so I, I, I don't want to get into it too much. But, I mean, you look at him and it's clearly he's attractive. He can break tackles. He's got... He's got good, um, good balance. He's got good vision. Actually, the vision is, is probably yeah. a little bit underrated, um, mm-hmm. and clearly good speed as well. I mean, he came out. He came out of uh, UTEP of, of, you know, athletic, a very athletic guy. I mean, he was like uh, five foot nine, two hundred eight pounds, but he's, you know, four four nine with jumping with all kinds of jump and agility metrics that are that are very good. Um, you know, he's a good player, and, and, and as Simon said, he can catch the football and, and factor in the passing game, uh, like, really well. But I look at that, I look at the offense, and I can't help but look at what's going on with the scheme and the offensive line and wonder if the, you know, Simon mentioned it, if the better choice here is to go for a Corey Lindsley and try to, try to uh, create – the next Aaron Jones, you know? Um, and I, that's what, that, that's kind of what gets me because Corey Lindsley is a unique center. There are, there are plays that you can call with Corey Lindsley at center that you probably don't really want to call with other guys there. Um, and I'm not even talking about, you know, slow centers, you know, we, we considered uh, Ted Karras, for example, before this year to be kind of a slower guy that can't really get out in a space that well. Um, I think, which honestly, I think he uh, he he surprised us on the upside just a little bit. Um, to be fair to him, so um, but I, I think with Corey Lindsley, this is we're we're talking about a different creature. We're talking about a guy that can actually play in those outside zone schemes that uh, the Shanahan family and their um, their offshoots love so much. And so I think that Corey Lindsley could be coveted because of that, because there are a lot of those offshoots uh, springing up. You know, Mike McDaniel just got a job as an OC and um, you know, there's more and more of those guys out there. Um, your choices are pretty limited. If you want a guy that has, that has that sort of explosive lateral mobility, um, you're either going to go big and heavy on Corey Lindsley, or you're going to, you know, try and, and deal with uh, a 33 year old Ben Garland and, and accept some of his weaknesses. Um, or you're going to draft Drew Dalman uh, from Stanford or, um, you know, try and convert somebody that maybe we haven't thought about, uh, in the draft. It's, it's really tough to try and get somebody. So Corey's going to be coveted, but if Miami had him, they could create, they could, they can, it'll go a long way toward creating their next Aaron Jones. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that's, um, that's the thing that, uh, uh, that maybe we should focus on. Um, but why is my, why are we hearing this? Why are we hearing about Aaron Jones? Um, two things come to mind. One, uh, there was a mysterious note in one of Barry Jackson's mo- more recent articles where he talked about there's sort of a um, internal look happening 
at what went wrong with the Jordan Howard signing, mm-hmm. um, particularly, you know, particularly at running back. And, and I, I personally don't think it's just the Jordan Howard thing. I think it's, you know, Matt Breda and Jordan Howard. How did you end up with two guys that the, the running backs coach clearly didn't like or seemed not to like, you know, right from the get um, that never ended up playing? You know, one of the guys ended up, you know, being kicked off the roster. Um, Matt Breda, you know, we, we kept complaining about, like, we, we think this guy can play, but for some reason they just didn't like him and didn't like him. Didn't he like was him. essentially kicked um, off the roster since he was a healthy scratch. Yeah, he was a healthy scratch. Two games of the so, so, I mean, like, um, you, you kind of wonder about that. Like, how what was the process that ended up with, with guys that, that the coaching staff uh, didn't end up really liking? And also, uh, what was the process that – that resulted in them missing out on the drafted running backs um, that, that most of which most of whom all, all did well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we know that Eric Studsville had a thing for JK Dobbins, you know, for example, uh, they didn't, they didn't manage to get him. They didn't, I, I, I'd heard that they had a thing for Clyde Edwards Hilaire and they didn't end up getting him. They didn't end up getting Cam Akers or Jonathan Taylor. They didn't yeah. end up getting, you know, or, or even AJ Dillon, you know, or, uh, um, Dobbins, you know, who they were going to take. Dobbins, yeah, he was taking one I mean, pick before them, yeah, yeah. So, um, so what was the process by which, uh, by which all this happened? And it kind of, it kind of strikes me as Eric Studsville just got a promotion, and Eric Studsville doesn't want his his voice to be ignored. And so, mm-hmm. when I read that that blurb about, you know, this is a very tart. This isn't just something that, you know, uh, you know, here are these five free agents that everybody knows about and why Miami could sign them. You know, this wasn't some nothing piece piece in an article. This was something significant that was told. And, um, and I think that, I think that it's probably a sign that Eric Stutzville is going to pick the guy, the next guy. And that's my honest opinion. Yeah. Um, that, that makes a lot, of, a lot of sense to me. If you remember last year, and these are things that you don't usually hear about, and you only hear about him because it's so unusual. Eric Studsville was talking to J.K. Dobbins for almost two hours, and that was timed by somebody that was witnessing it, okay? And then J.K. Dobbins announced that he wasn't going to work out at the, at the combine. So everybody started putting two and two together, mm-hmm. and we knew all the guys that they worked out. All of a sudden, they didn't take any of them. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense that Eric Studsville now has a promotion. But then the question is why Aaron Jones, like does Eric Studsville, is he signing, is he signing on to Aaron? I think it's because more and more as you know, they're coming, they're rounding into focus on these drafted players and realizing they're not going to get Najee Harris or Javante Williams unless they take them at 18. Mm -hmm. That I, I think that is just a true thing. And I think those are the top two backs in the draft. And I think that those those are the guys that um, that Miami you know would probably focus on a, a little bit more even than Travis Etienne. And if you try and wait to thirty six, you're not going to get either of them. And um, and that, I think that they're fo- they're seeing that and they're noticing that and they're starting to think, wait a minute, you know, eighteen could be a valuable pick. There could be there could be guys anybody could fall down to that, that eighteen pick, you know. And and so. If you get if you go ahead and just plunk that money down for Aaron Jones, you just wipe that off the board. And now the 18 pick is is free to be used on on any you know anything else on some other player that falls down. You know what if Micah Parsons falls down the board? You know we we think that Miami likes Zayvon Collins. 
Um, what if it's, it's a tackle? What if they really, really loved Dylan Raddins or, you know, I, I think that, I think that the, it would free that pick up. And so you have to be looking at it as like, okay, you're either spending an 18 overall pick on the position, which is a pretty big asset, or you're spending this, you know, what, I don't know what, what did the number end up being Simon, like 14 million a year or something like that for, yeah, um, like that. for, for Aaron Jones. Like those are both pretty big assets. And one of them is more of a, honestly, a little bit more of a sure thing. Right. I mean, Aaron Jones. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why I think that's the why we're hearing about hearing that name all of a sudden, like they're paying, they're making this, this sort of choice. Like, okay, well, if we don't get Aaron Jones, we're just going to have to use the 18 pick on Najee Harris or Javante Williams. That's my honest opinion. Yeah, and another thing to think about as far as Aaron Jones, who's his agent? Drew Rosenhaus. And Drew Rosenhaus will uh, massage or attempt to massage players away from other teams if they're free agents and not going to get paid to Miami. He's tried before, and he will try again. So, and let's face it, you know, Drew Rosenhaus, he's an agent, and he's going to represent his players. He's a Dolphin fan, okay? I see him at practice all the time. I've seen him at games. Guy high fives just like the rest of us, all right? He's a Dolphin fan. You know, if a guy of his wants to be a Dolphin and the Dolphins want him, I think he's going to try to make it happen. And I think this is the case. Now, on Aaron Jones, uh, it's interesting. uh, Sammy, you were saying that that he's often injured, and I completely agree. I watch him, and it's not that he misses a ton of games because since he's been getting the ball, last year he played 16 of 16 games, started 16 games, finished them. I'm talking about 2019. In 2020, he started 14 games, finished the 14 games. The thing is that he gets injured in-game often and misses quarters, misses series. He gets thinged up. And Green Bay has the luxury of having three capable backs. I guess that's the argument against him. But uh, I was watching Mike Florio and Chris Sims doing a, a free agency show, and they were mocking guys in free agency to certain teams. And, of course... They mocked Aaron Jones to Miami. And Chris Sims was wondering how it could happen if he's going to get $15 million a year. And Mike Florio said something interesting. He said that the experience around the league, and he's talking to GMs around the league, and they're telling him that that's not going to happen anymore, that the Zeke Elliott uh, contract is something that has soured a lot of NFL GMs and that he would be surprised, and these are his words, if Aaron Jones got more than $11 million a year. Now, this begs the question. I started thinking of it like that, and if I think it of it that way, Aaron Jones at eleven million dollars a year. Why not, Simon? I I, I just do it. I mean, I, you know, I would do it too. He's a really good player, uh, but I would, you know, I would just draft a running back. It's easier. And uh, look, but I've said it on the pod before. I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins left round one with Penny Sewell and Zayvon Collins, not an offensive playmaker in those two names. Wouldn't surprise <laughs> me at all. Um. Uh, you know, and Dolphins fans will absolutely shit their loafs. But I, I would, you know, I could give you decent odds that, that that's what happens. Um, and they don't touch an offensive weapon player at any point in, in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, going back to Jones just for a second, he's had three MCL sprains on his knee, mm-hmm. uh, all grade two, two in 2017, one in 2018. 
He's had two thigh injuries. He missed his sophomore year, all but two games of his sophomore year in in college because of a broken ankle. He obviously left, left the NFC Championship game with a chest injury. Uh, I think he's had a couple of concussions. Um, so, you know, he's, you know, his injury history is a bit of a red flag. Um, but he's a you know, great kid, likable guy, uh, and a really, really good player. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, he would easily be the best running back here since Ricky Williams, the first scorer, right? I would say. Yeah, and probably, you get yeah. to use that number 18 pick on something else. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll ask you the question, Chris. 11 million, if Florio is right, 11 million a year, why not? Would you do it? Ultimately, I'd say probably not. Um, so I like just him. Flat out pass. Okay. I, I like him. You know, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing to dislike about the guy. I'm not going to pick pick at his game or anything like that. Um, I just think that, you know, the history of the running backs on that second contract is, is pretty – I mean, Simon just mentioned it. You know, <laughs> you, this is why you don't – this is why you don't give that second contract to, to, those, uh, to those running backs. We just talked about how uh, Todd Gurley is 28 years old or 27 years old, and he looks like he's 37. Um, so – I don't like that. I think that's a risk. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to add up the risks and there there's, there's risk there. There's, there's system risk. This is not the system, the green Bay system. This is, this is not, it's not the same system. Um, certainly not the same passing attack them for complimentary passing attack. Uh, not same scheme and not the same offensive line. Then we don't have a Corey Lindsley operating out in space. We don't have, David Bakhtiari and, um, you know, as Simon mentioned it, Elton Jen- Jenkins and some of the athleticism that they have uh, with like a Billy, even a Billy Turner, <laughs> who's very athletic. Um, there's risk there. There's risk to having a, a guy go from all that to come into this new environment, new team, everything new. And it's like, what the fuck happened? You know, he's, this is, this is not the player we thought we were getting. You know, that, that happens all the time. And, uh, and so I think that there's risk there. And so what I'd really focus on is trying to create the, um, the environment where you can make your own new Aaron Jones. And I would look at those running backs at the 18 pick, Najee Harris and Javante Williams, even Javante Williams at number 18. I think that would, that'd be a fine pick to me. I'm not, I'm not going to complain about that one bit. That's not a reach for me at all. No, you know, not not at all, not, not at all. And I, I think that if if you if you had to pick between Najee and and Javante, I think it you know it'd be a coin flip for anybody except for perhaps Miami because of the Tua factor. Um, might be fair, you know, because if you're picking between Najee and uh, Javante at number eighteen, you might go with the guy that that you know has that built-in chemistry, especially since he's such a massive impact on the passing game. Uh, as as a player, Najee Harris is one of the best passing pass catching backs I've ever you know I've seen coming out, um, and so you know you might want to get that chemistry with Tua, but at the same time it's like flip a coin, man. These get Javante is awesome, mm-hmm. um, so I'd I'd rather just uh, create the conditions and make Najee Harris or uh, Javante Williams the next Aaron Jones or uh, the next Ricky Williams. Um, mm-hmm. You know I think that. I think that that can be and that can happen. Yeah, the argument as far as like like money, uh, I'm looking at a few contracts here. There's three guys that are making 
in the neighborhood of what Aaron Jones is rumored to want. And we're talking about Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara. Those are the guys that are in the 15s and plus 15. Okay. And then inexplicably, David Johnson is still there at 13 million a year. But there was two <laughs> extensions made, uh, made last year. Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, pretty good backs, both with 12-ish averages. And I don't know. If I can get Aaron Jones to play ball and get himself into the Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry tier, man, I'd be tempted. It frees up 18 to do a bunch of different things. It's true. You know? You know, and which I guess leads us to how we'll close the show. And I'll start with you, Simon. Uh, what are you doing with the running back position? What do you? What resources are you gonna? Are you gonna devote to it? Is it a high pick? Are you gonna go mining for somebody in the later rounds, or are you gonna go the free agency route, which is kind of obvious you're not because you kind of passed. Although you said you would do it at eleven. So oh, let's look at. I really let's like say, it. Let's put some parameters. Let's say Aaron Jones for Dalvin Cook's contract, 12-5 a year, something like that. It's but, not my cash, so, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I keep coming back to it. I mean, I would draft a guy. You know, the Dolphins have been showing interest in a number of running backs, you know, Jamar Jefferson at Oregon State, Shane Simpson of uh, Virginia, they interviewed the other day. Um, we know how much they like uh, Najee Harris. They're going to like Javonta Williams. You know, I go, I, I, I look at, you know, my board of running backs in terms of how I have them stacked at the moment, you know, and I go through them and I would say Harris, yes, they'll definitely, you know, they definitely like him. ETN, clearly a great player. I just wonder whether or not he's a bit too much like the kind of satellite backs that they've got with Gaskin and um, um, mm-hmm. what's his name? The Salvan Ahmed. Mm-hmm. Um, Javonta Williams, yeah, absolutely. Michael Carter, I mean, he's 5'7", 202 pounds. He's a great player. He's tough. Again, is he quite what they're looking for? Jefferson is my fifth ranked back, 5'10", 217 pounds. I mean, I wonder if playing at Oregon State and therefore being televised in the early hours of the morning on the East Coast is the reason why he doesn't get as much love as his game suggests he should. You know, Kylan Hill at Mississippi State, Trey Sermon at Ohio State, big backs. Then you're back to like Kenny Gainwell at 190 pounds, Demetric Felton at 189 pounds. Then the kid that um, Chris loves, Brendan Knox of Marshall, he's 223 pounds. I would draft a running back, but I wouldn't be disappointed. And I would understand the the rationale if they uh, signed Aaron Jones, because it just frees up another position. And that's ultimately where, you know, we've got all these picks. If you can make some moves in free agency, that allows you then to do more things of bringing better players in the draft to other positions of need because you filled other positions. But if I was bringing in Aaron Jones, I would definitely be spending a pick, you know, early in day three um, on a running back. And, you know, for me, that would be a Jamar Jefferson of Oregon State. Because uh, what about, just... what about, have you looked at Ramondre Stevenson? Because I have looked at Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. I mean, and physical, that wouldn't physical. that go well with Aaron Jones because yeah. Aaron Jones is, is, I mean, he's not the biggest of backs, right? Um, Ramondre Who? is a, no, Ramondre is six foot 227. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was saying, yeah, Aaron Jones is not the biggest of yeah. backs, and Ramondre no, is. So, so now you've got because this is what I'm worried about. I'm looking at the Miami's best short yardage plays were basically trick plays um, <laughs> this year, and and so they had nothing. They had nothing on short yardage. It was it was embarrassing, 
And, um, and so I, I'm looking at these running back situations or these, you know, the, the ideas at the position and I'm trying to fill holes. Like I'm trying, okay, well, do you, do you have a guy that can block for the quarterback? That's good. Do you have a guy that can pass catch? That's good. Do you have a guy that can, you know, run the ball on first down and second down? That's good. Uh, okay. What about short yardage? Cause we were awful there mm. and it was an impact. It was a big, mm. I mean, if we, if we had, if we had third and one, it might as well have been third and five. I mean, it was, it was really, um, it was Although really it was, bad. If it was third and inches or fourth and inches, Tua was four for four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there, there you go. But, um, but uh, yeah, but it has to be inches. It has to be inches, right? <laughs> yeah, he's a hammer, Ramondre. He's a, he hammer. a hammer, and 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 also in those Senior Bowl practices, something I, I noticed, he's a lot better. He's a lot better and smoother of a pass catcher than I thought. He, than, than oh. I was a little bit surprised. I think and, he could play as an H back. I yeah. think he's got excellent hands. Yeah, and and Miami coached him yeah. at the Senior Bowl, so I kind of wonder, you know, now we're f- shifting focus a little bit to Aaron Jones. What if it's Aaron Jones, and then you know, circle back with Ramondre in um, in the in, you know the later the later stages? Um, yeah. That could be. Yeah. Now uh, I, I'm reading something here, which is really interesting. FanDuel is starting to do their uh, most likely lists. And what they do is that they, they start putting odds on certain players becoming, you know, a player for a certain team. Like uh, Najee Harris, what are the odds that he is a Buccaneer or he's a Dolphin or he's a Jet? And on Travis Etienne, and it's the highest, and uh, to, for some reference, last year they predicted in the first round for the Miami Dolphins, they predicted Tua Tungavalo number five. They predicted Austin Jackson. And then they predicted Antoine Winfield. So they were pretty damn close. Wow. This year they have Travis Etienne, most likely destination, New York Jets at number 23 or 34. Their second most likely destination is Miami Dolphins at number 36. Their third most likely is the Buccaneers at 32. So I guess we'll close with this because it's, you know, it's a head scratcher because if you go back a year, his press was a lot better. What's happened to Travis Etienne? And I guess I'll start with you, Simon. You seem to have a pretty good handle on the running backs this year. Yeah, I don't think anything's happened to him. Uh, I just think he's, you know, the pandemic didn't help. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't think anything's happened. I mean, he finished 2020 leading all backs in college football with almost 600 receiving yards. Um, And he has the most 10-plus yard gains on passes behind the line of scrimmage since 2018 more than uh, I think he has two more than Devonta Smith in that. Uh, what I love about him is that he is, he's just improved so much in the past game. He's understood his, what his limitations were. Um, and that was, that was receiving and pass protection. He's still not great in pass protection, but he shows the requisite effort and toughness and willingness. You know, you watch him against Chas Surratt in 2019, he gets bullied you know, but he's getting better at it. But as a receiver, you know, he's so hugely improved to the point where he's now just an extremely good route runner. He's a dynamic pass catcher, you know, and, it, and he's not a dump off or screen guy. He runs wheel routes. He runs go balls. He had a 92.3% catch rate, according to Pro Football Focus in 2020. Um, you know, he's a really, really good player. I just think that Miami needs a bigger, a bigger back. You know, I don't think they need an Alvin Kamara guy because they've got, guys with sort of, you know, not as good as him, but similar skill sets already on the roster. And it just doesn't seem to me to make a huge amount of sense. Chris, 
Same question. The the betting the betting line makes sense to me for one reason, and that's that if they don't take a guy at 18, and I'm not saying that they will. I mean, it's there's going to be some good players that get there. If they don't, then the only one of those three that could be available at 36 is probably Travis Etienne. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think either of the other two will be available there, and Travis probably, you know, Travis might not be either. You know, I, I think that I'm not trying to get down on him. I'm saying he probably has the most chance of the three and it because of the size thing. And it's um, it's because, you know, these teams do get stuck on the blocking thing. And I don't give a shit about the blocking technique in college because I've seen too many guys that don't know what the hell they're doing in college with blocking. And then they get to the NFL and they're taught by – coaches how to do it and they're told that they have to do it to play and suddenly they're frank fucking gore i mean um so you know i I don't care about the technique so much but i do care about the um the inherent traits and you know as far as size strength and stuff like that go uh for for travis Etienne as a blocker not sure i see it um so so that could that will ding him. I mean, yes, he is he's going to be a factor in the passing game. I mean, he's, he's fast as shit. You know, job at best comes to mind or something, somebody like that. You know, mm. um, but uh, but yeah, I could see him being the one that that is most likely to follow thirty six because of that factor. So that's why that's why I, if I were Vegas out on our setting lines, it would be like you know, okay, yeah, the Jets. Um, but otherwise, you know, Miami, Miami needs back clearly. Um, they might not 18 might be too rich for their blood, but then those other guys aren't going to fall down there. So uh, to 36 and Travis Etienne might. So, um, so that's what I would think, but this is critical. This, this running back position, I'll just finish on this and this found, they need to build a foundation for two that's probably based on the running game. I mean, that, that's probably what fits him as a quarterback. It's what he did at Alabama their entire their foundational principle of the offense at Alabama that he was running was that if you're if you're in a seven man front and you got two safeties back we're going to pound the shit out of you and just run it over and over and over and over again and you're going to and we're going to kill you that way um and it's the founding principle upon every which everything else was built the RPO and then the play pass and then the you know the the um the uh, crossers, you know, stuff like that. It's all built off of that foundation, the ground game. They have to, they have to fix that. And that's why we're talking about like Penny soul at, at number three overall, even though we all would love the playmaker, you know, we would all love Devonte Smith. Um, so, you know, they need to do this and they're going to have to take the running back position very seriously this off season to do it, because I think there's going to be a reaction to the fact that maybe they hadn't taken the position seriously enough. In, pre- in the two previous off seasons. So, um, so that's why we're talking about these guys. That's why we're talking about all the money for Aaron Jones. And then on top of it, taking a reminder, Stevenson or somebody like that, or Jamar Jefferson, as uh, Simon alluded to. Um, and so I think that 18 pick, you know, probably could be Nadi or Javante Williams. Um, that I really would forecast it. Yeah. And anyway, on this, on this show, and we're going to talk about one last running back and, you got to admit, we covered it all as far as the running back position in this podcast. But another guy that they talked about, and Mike Florio seems to talk with a lot of authority, so he must really like his source with the Miami Dolphins. And 
I have an idea of what you guys are going to think because I think we talked about this in an earlier podcast. But he said he wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins circled back on Le'Veon Bell and revisited that whole thing. Simon, any interest whatsoever? He's going to be cheap. I mean, he did nothing with the Chiefs. He didn't look the same player. I mean, what a waste of a career. What a waste. Such a talented guy. was potentially heading for the Hall of Fame. And he just blew it. So, no, I don't think any interest from, from my point of view. Chris, any interest? You know, he actually chose – you. he said he chose the Chiefs because he wasn't ready for all the carries that the Dolphins were going to toss at him. Like, mm-hmm. that. that's that's what he said um, after sitting out the year. And so part of me does wonder – I mean, again, I go back to, like, the Jadavian Clowney thing. I mean, they, got, they had a hard-on for the guy. So, yeah, they could circle back. Um, and I think it is absolutely possible they could go with him. And then that takes a little bit of the pressure off of which rookie that are, you know, that they have to take in the draft and, uh, how chancy they need to be, or do they have to get somebody at 18? Can they try and wait? Um, you know, I think that that would take a little bit of the pressure off. So yeah, I do see it. I do think it's, um, it's very possible now that he's got a season he's, you know, he's getting, he's rounding back into playing shape. Um, and so, and he did factor into the playoffs. I thought, did he? Um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaken. I don't know. Um, I don't think he played in the playoffs, did he? Uh, did he? He played very little. He was a third down back, I think, in one of the games, and he was a uh, he was a pass blocker. It was one of the in one of the one of the later games. I thought he um, he was yeah. he was on the field a little bit more. Yeah, um, Edwards Hilaire was injured in one of the games. I know that. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. He didn't do anything this season, but I think a part of that was he didn't. He was he was kind of rounding himself back into to form and and maybe you know, that's why he chose against Miami to begin with and so maybe he's ready um but if not you know just toss him whatever yeah all right so we'll close with this predictions we've mentioned um not I wouldn't say a dozen a little less than a dozen running backs most likely Miami Dolphin running back out of all these guys that we've mentioned out of this entire group, who is the most likely Miami Dolphins? Simon. Najee Harris. Great pick. Chris? Yeah, I'd have to say Najee. So obviously it's at 18 where you guys are going to take him. I, I would be nervous about 18. I-, I could see somebody getting froggy and leaping them. I think this Aaron Jones thing is for real. And well, if, he, n- if they do, then you get Javante Williams and who cares? Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> I think that this Aaron Jones thing is for real. This is not, I don't think I this do is, I think this is for real. And I don't have any information. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't have a direct line to Drew Rosenhaus, although I used to. But uh, I think this, is, this has legs. And if the price becomes palpable, let's say 11, 12 and a half, he gets a Dalvin Cook deal. He could be a Miami Dolphin. So that would be my, my pick. I think Aaron Jones happens if the price is right all right that's it that's two more shows this week hope you enjoyed it talk to you guys next week thanks for listening to three yards per caddy you can subscribe via itunes on podbean or your usual podcast provider everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.